like you're betting everything on yourself like you're you're fully into what you're doing and I think that comes from like a lot of, of the things that I, I share on social media now comes from like thinking like effort is cool and it, there shouldn't be a shame in looking like a tryhard. and I think the statement of no one who's doing more than you will judge you or comment negatively or whatever it is it actually it really applies in this context but it takes a lot of maturing to get to the point where you start trying to ignore those comments and you know as a kid it, it's really impactful and so that's what I've been trying to kind of make my mission is you know it's cool to be a tryhard and to go all in on things and put yourself out there because when you go all in it leaves yourself vulnerable to failure. Like I was all in on, you know, going to the Olympics and being a professional snowboarder and I fell short of my Olympic goal. You have to do things that make you happy. And, and I think that means going all in on your passions and not pushing them down and just going half-assed so that you can, you know, please someone else and not look like a failure if you, if you fall short. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast and welcome to the interview sessions where I interview inspiring and successful people about their heart and their mind. The interview sessions are brought to you by our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. You've joined episode 84 and this week... I am with Natalie Allport. Natalie is a former national team snowboarder, athlete, and lifelong entrepreneur. She runs her digital marketing agency, The 93 Agency. I hope that you really listen closely to what Natalie has to say. There are some things within this conversation that will absolutely help you be always better than yesterday in your heart and in your mind. Head to natalieallport.com for more information about Natalie, how you can work with her and her podcast, the All In Podcast 2. It's a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. If you enjoy it, please do share it with others. Don't keep it to yourself, um, whether that be on your social media pages or whether that be just in the inbox of one special person in your life. Please do pass it forward. That's enough from me. Let's dive in. Episode 84 with Natalie Allport. And welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions with me, Ryan Hartley. And today I'm joined by Natalie Allport. Welcome, Natalie. How are you? Hey, I am great. I uh, hope you're doing well as well. And thank you so much for having me. Amazing. It's really good to have you. And I would just love it if you could just give us a short introduction to who you are and a little bit about your story. Yeah. So so like you said, I'm Natalie Allport. Um, I, I live up here in Canada and where it's nice and cold and, and people have all these uh, crazy things that they think we do here. But you know what? Actually, today it's it's pretty warm. Um, I was a, a former national team snowboarder. I spent four years on the Canadian national team. I grew up kind of playing every sport, um, very much so into hockey, another very Canadian sport. And, um, and then, yeah, then switching over to snowboarding because I had a passion for skateboarding and that kind of led me into the action sports world. And uh, from there, I kind of just kept going with snowboarding. I, I grew up where there was no resorts. So I kind of had to, you know, make do with the little jumps and the little rails that were around my house and, you know, setting things up in my backyard, going down the patio steps and practicing. 
And um, yeah, eventually slopestyle snowboarding got into the Olympics and I got onto the junior national team. Um, yeah, so like I said, I spent four years there traveling, competing. Unfortunately, I fell short of the 2014 Olympics and um, I, I retired, I like to call it retired, much better than, than quitting or moving on to something else um, in, in 2015 had a uh, you know a lot of injuries that unfortunately were kind of unpreventable it's just kind of the way snowboarding is it's not a matter of if it's just when and how often and uh yeah and then from there i, I started a digital marketing agency um and i actually had kind of started that a little bit while i was during my snowboard career as i was studying my business degree at the same time and um, i learned how to market myself through social media while i was competing and and some sponsors took notice and asked if i could do the same for their business um, now I, I compete in CrossFit and I manage my business and uh, yeah, kind of merge my passions of fitness, business, sport, and that's that's kind of where I'm heading with my trajectory. I love that. Thank you for that introduction. And I think on this podcast, I love to share the hearts and minds of my guests with the audience. And and I think I don't really want to brush over this this sentence that you just said around falling short of the Olympics because I've listened to your podcast and you said at the age of three that you were going to be in the Olympics. And I'd just love to know the kind of heart and mind behind that sentence and how that kind of manifested throughout your, your growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it was the Atlanta Olympics or something. And, and my parents had it on um, my dad. So my, my dad is Canadian. My mom is from Venezuela. She moved here knowing no English for university. And uh, my dad and her went to the same college. And then they actually ended up going to the same university afterwards and um, becoming friends and then starting a relationship and um yeah they got us into sports she's like the least competitive person ever <laughs> and my dad is very competitive and always pushing me and um i i think that i've kind of followed like i i got a lot of his personality traits in, in that mm. sense he's the entrepreneur of the family he's the the uh the competitive one and so yeah from from day one he put us into every sport that we could do and yeah i remember watching the olympics i had this trike and i was going around the the uh, living room and the kitchen in circles and I was cutting corners there's a mark on the couch still to this day um, of like the, the where my trike would cut the corner to to get that turn and yeah I said I was going to the Olympics I'm going to the Olympics and so yeah they just kind of let me you know they really they sacrificed a lot for me to, to go into any sport that I wanted to and and try to pursue it at, at the level that I could you know we weren't super wealthy so summer camps for hockey were like you know we'd be we have this old log cabin that's a family cottage and um, we, you know, my dad would do dry land training with me. We'd have running circuit and push-ups and all these things. Cause he's like, if you want new hockey skates, you have to work for them. You have to do this. And so, um, yeah, the, all these things kind of pushed me. Sports were kind of natural to me, I think because my dad pushed me so much, but you know, part, part of it, you know, it might be genetics or whatever it is, but that was kind of what I felt I was, you know, born to do. And so, yeah, some sports, they, they picked up easily. But when I started snowboarding, I was terrible. I was actually, like, it was the one sport that was, I was not good. And so I think that kind of just bugged me because whenever I was trying to learn something, my dad would say, you can't do it. If you don't get it the next try, we're going home. And so I'd always get it. So I think for me, you know, my whole family is skiing. They would ditch me and say, like, see you at the end of the day because I'm trying to snowboard. And so I was like, you know what? No, I, I really want to learn this. I want to be good at this. Um, all the boys in my class were snowboarding. And so I was like, no, 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 I need to do this too. Mm. And um, yeah, I really wanted to keep up with them because I played, I actually played boys baseball and, and was trying to always keep up, keep up with everyone in my class. And um, yeah, eventually that, that just kind of snowballed into me somehow, you know, traveling a little bit further for a competition and, and doing these things. And uh, at first my parents didn't understand because I gave up hockey, but 
yeah, then I, I was out west. Uh, I graduated high school a semester early so that I could uh, work and pay for snowboarding and go to some competitions. And I went out that summer to a summer camp out west and they announced that Olympic, uh, that snowboarding would be in the Olympics. And, and so the whole vibe was amazing. We actually had no qualification process until that summer someone emailed me or, or yeah, sent me a message that they're like, hey, did you see on Canada snowboard website, you're on the junior national team? I was like, what? I had no idea. Like, this is the first I'm hearing. I didn't know there was a qualification process. Um, obviously, now it's much, uh, much more structured. And yeah, so that kind of led to, oh, my gosh, I need to get a coach. I need to, you know, move somewhere where there's actually resorts to train. I need to start, you know, working on my strength and conditioning. I need to um, do all these things and, and dive right into it. And yeah, so dive right into it. I did. I had a lot of, you know, big, big goals. I wanted to be the best. I had, you know, the current best on my wall. I actually like I competed against her many, many times. Um, I, I got to the level where I was competing against all the people I compete like I would see in the, my magazines growing up and mm. And uh, yeah, all these things. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, like it's, one of the things with snowboarding is injuries are just prevalent. And so as much as I, I think that I was one of the, the strongest and most well-conditioned athletes in snowboarding because I was so committed to my off mm. snow training, um, you just, when you're falling a hundred feet to some on a bone or something, like you can't prevent those things. I could prevent, like I never tore my ACL and there's a few different things, muscular things, but I've broken my ribs. I've broken my tailbone. I had a foot injury that I was off for six months. Uh, mm. I was actually at Junior Worlds in Turkey, and I had to sit on the sidelines the whole time. Mm. Um, there's a lot of things, and, and I usually was pretty good at bouncing back from them, but something kind of switched before my 2015 season. And when I was on the – I was doing all these things that I dreamt of doing as a kid, and it just didn't feel right. And I felt almost um, – guilty for feeling that way like I was kind of feeling anxious and almost depressed and like I want to be home but I was like everyone at home is messaging me like how lucky I am to be living this life so it, that's really difficult and I think that almost brings up the conversation of like mental health and athletes because mm. you have these thoughts and you feel so guilty for it because everyone thinks you're living this amazing life that you're so grateful for and it's not that you're not grateful but there's something else going on and so yeah, I went through that season feeling off. And unfortunately, one of the turning points for me was, you know, I was like, no, I'm going to ignore these feelings and spend the whole year going all in because I want to know if I quit, like, did I really, really want to quit? Or did I just like, ah, yeah, I feel like quitting and just leave. And so one of my friends, uh, I was, I had drove down to uh, Philadelphia and my friends had all flew in, my coach, everything, but I took my car. It was like a 12 hour drive or something like that. Um, and so I was like the driver and the coordinator and everyone at that competition got injured for my team except for me. And so this competition had over 50% dropout rate, actually, and which is like crazy. Like in all sports, do you see 50% of people getting injured mm -hmm. and dropping out of the competition before it starts? <laughs> Probably mm -hmm. not. And so it just showed like there's so many politics that go on. And, and for me, I like to see like if I work really, really hard, it, it puts me on a straight trajectory to like, you know, being the best. And in snowboarding, there's all these side politics. There's you know, they're running a competition because it needs to be on TV that's in bad weather. There's all these things. And it started like really getting to me. And then so my friend, she, uh, she fell right on, on the front. She broke her ribs and got internal bleeding, had to be really like almost airlifted. And so, you know, sitting beside her, her mom had to drive, I think for her, it was eight hours down and seeing her getting like the blood pumped out and everything. Mm -hmm. And her mom just was saying like, I think we need to talk to her about, you know, stopping this. And it just like, I spent the whole 12 hours drive home in silence crying, I think, because I was just thinking like, how could I, you know, 
like do that to my family. And growing up, mm -hmm. I was like, if I die snowboarding, I die snowboarding. I love doing this. But eventually I realized, you know, I liked business. I liked entrepreneurship. I liked all these other things that I was doing. And I, yeah, if, if I lost my life doing this or, or something really bad happened, I was injured for life, it would kind of sacrifice all these other goals I had. And so I really took a deep look and that kind of led to uh, at the end of that season, you know, calling it quits. Wow. What journey. And, um, there's so much I want to ask you. Um, and I'm really curious because in that world of mental health and, and there's so much comparison on, on social media around, uh, I think sometimes the, the images of social media, they reveal to us sometimes who we're not. And I'm really curious to know how you had a picture of the best on your wall and actually used that in a positive way. How did you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like, I think like, like you, or like I said, and, and like you just mentioned, you know, people think, think the best. So they, they see me out there and they're all messaging me, like my friends from my gym or whatever. They're like, Oh, I'm so jealous. I come back and I come to the gym and they're all talking about like, how amazing, how amazing. And there's only one or two people who actually knew what was going on. My really close friends that I was texting throughout and saying like, how distraught I was feeling and then I, I felt guilty because I didn't want to say like people have worse problems than me you know traveling the world snowboarding and and not enjoying it so yeah but I try to you know everything I do I try to visualize and whether it's putting pictures or um, just repeating things or reading things over from my past whatever it is to like you know motivate myself in the moment so throughout that that snowboard career i needed or that year i needed a lot of motivation mm -hmm. so it was you know looking at images reading um old messages from family and friends that were like hey this this is what you want to do reminding myself like what i wanted to do as a kid just to push through but i realized you know if you had to spend a whole year doing that probably it's not what you want to do anymore and i started looking mm -hmm. back and actually i used to keep a journal while i was traveling snowboarding and I look back like from even four years prior to that and I saw that I had already had some mention where there was days where I thought is this really what I want to do and then it's like the next day I cross it out and I'm like what a stupid thing to say mm -hmm. and uh, so you know there was there was kind of hints of it I think um I think I realized that you know as much as I love the sport perhaps it doesn't I mean it really did align with my personality but in the same sense like I was that snowboard is a little bit different because it's kind of an anti-culture sport and for me I came from a very sport background and I love training and I loved all those things and so I was very different I was always training by myself because no one would train during the season and the strength and conditioning coach said yeah it's fine you can do what you want because you know I was already doing more more than usual and so uh, yeah it, it was it was definitely really tough to to get through that year for sure. Mm. You talked about the final year being an all-in mentality, and obviously that is the name of your podcast, the All In Podcast. What does it mean to be all in? Yeah, I think that it just means like you're betting everything on yourself, like you're you're fully into what you're doing. And I think that comes from like a lot of of the things that I I share on social media now comes from like thinking like effort is cool, and if, there shouldn't be a shame in looking like a tryhard per se, because you know growing up you I think especially in your teenage years you get judged for looking like you're trying really hard at something or really want to do something and I think that's why so many you know say women in sport quit or or guys who are really interested in something that goes against the herd they quit what they're doing because everyone judges them for trying so hard and I think the statement of no one who's doing more than you will will judge you or comment negatively or whatever it is it actually it really applies in this context because it's true but it takes a lot of maturing to get to the point where you start trying to ignore those comments and you know as a kid it, it's really impactful and so 
that's what I've been trying to kind of make my mission is, you know, it's cool to be a tryhard and to go all in on things and put yourself out there because when you go all in, it, it leaves yourself vulnerable to failure. Like I was all in on, you know, going to the Olympics and being mm. a professional snowboarder and I fell short of my Olympic goal. And, you know, that means I had to, that, that made it actually really hard when I quit because it was like, how do I tell the people who've been supporting me or this has been my goal, my sponsors, my friends from high school who I was trying to prove wrong or whatever it was that, you know, I didn't make the Olympics. But then now I realize, you know, I spent four years with global sponsors and, um, you know, on the national team at the highest level. So I can't really complain too much. I competed against everyone who was at the Olympics and um, it, it just, you know, you have to do things that make you happy. And, and I think that means going all in on your passions and not pushing them down and just going half-assed so that you can, you know, please someone else or not look like a failure if you, if you fall short. Yeah. I think, um, and this relates to being always better than yesterday as well, is that that mindset of being committed to your own growth sometimes requires us to make sacrifices. Is that something that you have felt along the way? Yeah, most definitely. There's always some, somewhere you have to sacrifice. And I like the, the thing, like uh, when people say, the balance looks different for or balance looks different for everyone. And I think that's very true because um, I'm someone who even on my podcast, I try to share a little bit about balance because I know rest and recovery are so important for training and entrepreneurship or whatever you're, mm-hmm. you're doing. You need to take that step back to make two steps forward. Mm-hmm. However, you know, some people think, Oh, well, it means like you need to have this perfect life balance where, okay, you, you want to be the best parent. You want to be the best athlete, this, this, it's like, no, those things are not really doable at the same time. You actually have to be very realistic in your expectations of, you know, if you want to be the next Tiger Woods or whatever it is, there's going to be sacrifices you have to make in your life. But for you, that might be balanced because this goal is, has way more priority than this one. So, um, you know, you're giving a little bit of time here because you also have that importance, but I think it's important to, you know, just recognize that balance is totally different for everyone. If, if you want to work 15 hours a day and you can truly recover and, and get back to that grind, then go for it. If for you, you know, eight hours and, and taking that rest and spending that time with your family is the most important, 100% do it. Yeah. I think I heard you say that, um, that once you work out, once you know, you're going to sacrifice, you've got to be uh, really clear on what for, for what reason are you sacrificing? And I guess, is that something you had in the front and center of your mind as you were growing and heading towards the Olympics and, and, and the competitions? Were you clear on what you were willing to sacrifice for? Yeah. And that was something I actually would journal a lot about and like try to, you know, kind of make sense of it all, especially when I was feeling like maybe should I quit or, or, you know, what am Mm. I doing? It was like, what, what drives me and what motivates me? And, you know, a lot of what motivated me actually was just being always better than yesterday. Mm. Like, you know, just, just improving and seeing how far I could come. And for me, you know, I grew up where there's no, this no ski resorts. Um, everyone in my school said, no, you're not going to be a pro snowboarder. All the guys were like, you suck at snowboarding right now. What are you telling us? Um, I was the girl at school who everyone thought like, you know, they write in the yearbook, like great athlete, great athlete. Like I was, you know, who they thought would be an athlete as much as, you know, I, maybe I was um, teased about it or for the different goals that I had within it. And so, you know, I was just always remembering like, you know, I want to prove not even just to other people, but to myself mm. that I can come from, from here and like make it to the, to the top. And it, it can prove to other people that if you believe in yourself and you have these goals, you can do it. You don't have to settle into whatever, you know, everyone else is saying you can do but that you can actually achieve that. And so, you know, I'd put like, if 
pictures of the best athletes on my wall. I had Muhammad Ali up and, you know, all these, these different mm-hmm. things, quotes and whatever it is. And it would always just remind me like these people have the same story that I'm trying to build. Like they came from having this dream and starting with nothing or starting small. Like, you know, everyone starts at that beginner stage when they learn a sport and they wanted, they, they got to the best and it's like, why not me? I feel like I'm, I, I want to do that too. And so in, in everything I do, and even still now, like I always am driven by that. And, and I think that's a cool thing about sports is you're, once you get to those high levels, whether you're, especially when you're on a team athlete, but even individually, you're surrounded by all those people who have that same mentality and goal. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool because, you know, especially in snowboarding, everyone's kind of friends. Like there's, it's not like a, you know, a lot of tension between people uh, at the top, like you're competing, but you're, you're hanging out afterwards. And I think it's because everyone has that mutual respect that, you know, we all have this big goal. We've all made our sacrifices to get here. And um, yeah. And then for me, like I had a, I had a, an uncle and who is, he, he would, uh, he coached, I think he worked with the military, with some strength and conditioning, and then he coached volleyball and different things. And he, he told me, he sat me down once and he said, you know, to, to get to the level you want to do, uh, you want to be at, you have to be selfish. He says, if it, after you're snowboarding and you need to recover and to recover well, you feel like you need to get out of those cold clothes and into like the warm socks and the sweatpants, you lay them out and you like make sure you get into them. You don't let like people distract you and do this. He's like, really, to, to be the best, you do have to be selfish in a way. And, you know, that that kind of changed my mindset a little bit because I felt like sometimes, you know, I'm like, well, I don't want to make anyone upset. I'll follow people here, do whatever they want. And so you have to find a mix of them both and, and, Mm. you know, maybe care a little bit less about what people think. Mm. You said nothing was given that wasn't deserved. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, growing up, my, my parents really ingrained that into me. I got like 25 cents a month as allowance. <laughs> really, like it took me a year to buy like a $16 X game skateboard when I was a kid. Um, I think every year we got like 25 more cents or something. It was, yeah, we, we didn't get much um, when it came to those things because that's something that they really try to ingrain in us was, you know, if you want something, you have to work for it. And I think especially they had to really drive that into me because school and sports came easily for me I was they actually uh, there's an opportunity for me to skip a grade when I was younger but luckily they didn't because I was actually born late in my year and I was small when I was a kid so I would have been like small and super young like almost two years younger than the people a year ahead so um but my teacher said told them that like I, I learned things very quickly and so then I would get bored and distracted and just you know, tune out, which is pretty much what happened with school. Not that I was a bad student, you know, I, I did get my business degree in university, but um, because I was interested in business, if it came to like science class in high school, I was like, mm, no. Um, and so, yeah, so, so those things, you know, kind of were always ingrained, ingrained in me. And it was the same thing with like, all these girls were going to hockey camp growing up and, you know, their parents would throw them into everything just because they thought it was what everyone else was doing, whether they were super into it or not. And so I was very into it, but my dad was like, well, you know, hockey camp is super expensive. Like how bad do you actually want to? Um, And so, yeah. So he said, like, if you want new skates or you want this, like you have to show me that you want it. Like we had this uh, hockey goalie in our basement and a little, um, we took like a, the boards of an arena that was tearing them down and replacing them. And so I had like a, you know, a place to stick handle and to practice shooting in my basement. And so if he sees me working really hard at those things and it's like, okay, well, yeah, you do, you are working hard enough that maybe you can get that new piece of equipment or whatever it is. Cause yeah, a lot of kids are just, here's a brand new pair of skates. Here's the <laughs> brand new this, but like, 
what's the point? It's not going to make mm. you better if you're not actually working for it. And so I think I definitely needed a lot of pushing in that sense. And snowboarding helped because it was a challenge and something I had to overcome because yeah, like a, like a lot of things did come easily and so my parents made sure to push me out of my comfort zone to things that didn't come easily and I'm really grateful for that because I think you know without learning that lesson life could take a different path when you just pursue anything that comes easily yeah I love that you talked about mindset mental health um, particularly being a an athlete but also as an entrepreneur as well i know that your podcast is very much geared to be practical lots of tips and techniques that that maybe your listeners can take away to to help them in their own journey it's it's very much aligned to what i like to help uh, our listeners connect with and are there some tips strategies techniques mindset wise that have um, been quite consistent through all those people that you've you've spent time with yeah, so uh, my snowboarding coaches growing up, um, they, they were really into like visual, visualization. Mm. And so now I wouldn't, I, I, I guess I visualize a little bit, but I'm, I've transferred that into meditation and, um, and those kind of things. And so that's, that's kind of what they were trying to ingrain in us um, is to, you know, get used to how, do you, how you can find that flow state, especially that's important snowboarding, um, mm. and how you can calm down and, and, you know, train your mind. And so, yeah, meditation has been huge for me. Um, something I try to do. I've been playing around with breath work and different things as well and seeing which, which fits best for me or doing both actually, if I can, but yeah, meditation is huge. Taking that time, especially in the morning, I find for me to, you know, center yourself and have that time for yourself before you get caught up mm. in social media and whatever else is going on. Um, journaling is also something big for me. I haven't been keeping like when I was a kid and, and snowboarding, I would keep like these long journals of my daily pursuits. Now I just have a gratitude journal and I try to write it out like in the morning, things I'm grateful for. And then at the end, like things that went well. And I do find that that's helpful because it look, makes you look for the good in every day and it sets you up in the morning and then, you know, reminds you at night for the same things. Mm. Um, you know, other things is, is allowing yourself to sit, sit with emotions because I, I used to like, have all these mood swings when I was growing up and you know it's like almost every time you have a mood swing you're like forcing yourself to go into the other mood and you're like I shouldn't be feeling this and so sometimes now I'm like you know what I have a day where I'm just feeling a little bit bummed out a little bit anxious and I start thinking you know people around you start asking why are you anxious like but what is it this is it this and I'm like no it's nothing in particular it's just these feelings that I'm having and you know what I think I just have to like you know tomorrow will be better and it's, you know, as much as I try to snap out of it now, perhaps I can't, but I'm just going to sit with this and know that, you know, it's not going to last forever because I think when you start thinking it will, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like this, what's wrong. You almost start, it starts lasting longer. Like it's like, it goes on for multiple days and then you start focusing on it. So I think just, you know, being able to create that space and be like, okay. And like kind of disassociate from that feeling and, and then hopefully you bounce back a little bit quicker. Yeah my um my background's in policing and and when officers retire after doing 30 years of service they suffer an identity crisis and i know that that is always um something that athletes can be prone to at the end of their career and as you say you, you retired from one sport um how did you deal with that yeah that that was really tough because my friends my family if i meet someone new they're like this is my daughter she's a national team snowboarder mm-hmm. i was like uh <laughs> and mm-hmm. and i was always like kind of shy like when i was a kid i went to parents put me in drama camp one summer it was really weird i actually didn't go to many camps but we lived in the states for two years and so um and they put me to this like week-long drama camp and they my dad brought flowers 
and I was so ashamed to get them and I like cried and ran away and so uh, yeah so I, I just yeah I didn't really like that that feeling and so it was kind of the same thing when they would introduce me to their friends and family as this thing but it really just became ingrained in my identity like that was who I was and especially like you know I'd reach out to sponsors different people and that's how I had to sell myself so I'm I'm this this is what I do and so I started becoming attached to like you know me being the athlete me being the results this and this and so um yeah it was really difficult because I don't think you can really prepare for that you you can in a way for sure Mm -hmm. and to help yourself prepare but it's almost like when you go through it you you you'll understand understand the feeling and so once I stopped yeah it like sent me into a really rough time I, I I went to therapy for that whole summer afterwards and that was very helpful my my therapist was like a he used to play uh, competitive soccer I don't know if he was professional or just competitive but it was good to have someone who understood um and yeah just like dealing with those things is very difficult but it's you know, almost like it, it, it forced me to mature a lot in a, in a short period of time because, you know, I was living in this one world and all of a sudden I'm back to, to the normal world in a sense. And now I have to figure out how, how I fit in there. And you have to figure it out pretty quickly because otherwise your feelings linger for a very long time. And yeah, it's taken me a long time to figure it out. I think I'm always going to be figuring it out and, and trying to, you know, see, see what, what I'm doing but I think the most important thing is just recognizing you're human who is just trying to always be learning and growing and for me I'm I'm like you know what throughout that whole process I've just I was learning and growing and then you know because I retired doesn't mean those were the good old days and now my life is totally different I'm building off that like you know I'm better today than I was back then as a person because of those experiences and so that's part of my identity um, for a while it was difficult I actually one one thing that I had to do was write a letter to to snowboarding was something that I, because I had a lot of resentment almost to it because I was like, this sport made me, you know, I could have been maybe better at a different one or, or this sport is so dangerous. And, you know, I had all these feelings. I was like, wait, that's not how I feel about this. This sport gave me so much. And, and yeah. so, you know, having to deal with that is, but I think it's, it's important to reflect and take those growth opportunities and not just like put it in a box and forget and move on to something else. So how have you taken all of your experiences, the highs, the lows, and, and use that to serve through your, uh, through your business venture? Yeah. So I think like athletes make incredible entrepreneurs because they have a lot of those skill sets of like hard work, of dedication, of being patient also in the mm-hmm. process because athletes work for decades at what they, their craft for mm-hmm. it to pan out to maybe an Olympics or um, this big event or to finally go pro and in in business a lot of people want something to work tomorrow (laughs) and um yeah i think that's a cool thing about sports is like you dedicate so much time for like a small small window of opportunity and so having that same patience while still persisting day in and day out in business is i think a very valuable tool to have not that i'm a super patient person at any means but uh but i do think having that mindset where it's like you know what i'm going to focus on the little things i need to do right every single day and i know a year from now that's going to really add up and be you know beneficial instead of always worrying about okay what about in a year from now where will i be where will i be mm-hmm. that doesn't really help uh you take those actions every single day um so that's that's definitely a big one i think also just using that to you know kind of pitch my story and and my business also because um, that's the cool thing about athletes is not only do you know you have those those traits, but because you are an athlete, you you shouldn't just say like you know forget that you are an athlete and mm-hmm. you know pitch yourself as I'm just this business person. Like you know tell your whole story and share your story because people will see oh wow they overcame this and this and this and 
they see that and they can relate it into into business and into having those traits and into like an immediate credibility or trust. So mm. I think those kind of things panned out. And then for me more specifically, like the whole marketing and social media side of things really helped with my business because that, that's what I do and what I do for my clients. And so understanding all those kind of things are, are important. Yeah. I love that. Who should connect with 93 agency? How do they go and find out what you're up to and how do they find out more information? Yeah, so you can go to um, 93agency.com for more information. We are really focusing on Facebook ads has been our our main focus, but we also do a lot of strategy for the organic social media side of things. And that's how we really started six years ago was a lot of the organic social media uh, management and those kind of things. Um, And so, yeah, so people can go there. We have free strategy calls if people want to to book something and we can chat and see if, if it's a good fit to work together. Um, yeah, we're really not salesy. So just chatting, helping people and seeing which direction they go. And if it's a fit, if it's a fit, and if not, then we'll, we'll lead you in the right direction and give you some tips to, to go to that right direction. Love that. We've talked a number of times around this sense of being better than yesterday, but what does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you? Yeah, I think it means constantly improving. And for me, I, I, I almost cringe or like shed a tear when someone says that, you know, they peaked in high school or they peaked Mm. in university or they peaked when they used to play the sport or, you know, these are these, this was the good old days. Like, yeah, I remember those times fondly and I I miss them, but I don't think that's when I peaked. I don't want to ever peak until like my deathbed. Like I wanted my life to be a constant improvement on everything I've learned. I don't want it to be like, wow, I I peaked here and now I'm like settling into something else. Like I don't want to ever settle love that how can people consume more of your content the the podcast your socials where can they find you yeah just uh yeah at natalie allport on instagram is probably the best place to find me and in my bio you'll find my links to my business page my podcast all those good stuff so usually that's kind of the hub for everything amazing thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and spend it with our community and i would just love you to leave us with a final thought from your good self final thought don't be afraid to be a tryhard. you know, put an effort into something and, and go all in and don't be afraid to, you know, tell other people that this is what you're doing. Don't, don't be shy because I think, you know, your passion will inspire someone else to go all in on their passion. And we need a lot more of that in the world. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. There we go, episode 84 with Natalie Allport. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did, having the conversation. Uh, and I like to reflect on on the, the interviews at the end. And two things really stood out for me. One is I love the influence that her, her dad has, has had on her work ethic and her mindset growing up. Thinking about if you want new hockey skates, then you got to work for it. you got to show that you want it. What a way to start to help young people build that intrinsic motivation to show dedication i think sometimes in life things can be too easy and i specifically know that as as a parent to two young children trying to make them work for things just try and see the value in things rather than being given it's uh, really powerful to see how that plays out over the over the long term in just a simple mentality uh, and and secondly is it's just cool to um put in the effort just to try hard making it cool to be someone that tries hard really love that i wonder what really stood out for you let me know email me at ryan b hartley 
at gmail.com or tag us in um, on social media and, and let us know what's really stood out for you. Please do share this with that one person in your network that you feel would benefit from hearing what Natalie has to say. And lastly, let me just thank you. Um, I know that you have made it all the way to the very end of the episode. You are one of the elite crew, uh, the dedicated few, and it shows to me that you are always better than yesterday. You're committed to the cause, developing yourself in your heart and your mind. Let me say thank you. Reach out to me. I'd love to start a conversation and, and see how I can help you specifically or uh, if there's anything you'd like to hear from the podcast, if there's any guests that you'd like to to put in my direction, I would love to have that conversation. And lastly, the very last thing is if you're on Facebook and you're not in the We Are Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community, come and join us. There are over 500 people from around the world, like-minded people just like you and I, and we will be very, very glad to see you. Until next time, look after yourselves. Much love, guys.